My name is Jonette Gay, and I'm the pastor of Audubon United Methodist Church. I have with me today our media specialist. Hi, Jason Burgess. And we want to talk and we want to listen. Our faith is seen and understood in many topics. We're glad you've tuned in today to Hey Hey, Anybody Listening? I'm Daryl Stevens. I am an ordained deacon in the United Methodist Church, and I've been teaching about mission and um, service and the life of faith. We've been studying uh, diaconia for the past five weeks, which is Christian-motivated social service. Diaconia is a way of understanding uh, why we do what we do in the world in terms of serving others or uh, building up our communities. So, Pat, would you introduce yourself and just say a little bit about um, what kind of service you've been involved in, give an example, and what motivates you? Well, I'm Pat Lee. Um, I was a social worker. I'm now retired. But I grew up being taught that we were here to do service. I remember as a kid that I, I used to get offended that the heroes in our church were the people who came back from Africa or Central America, the missionaries. And I thought there are a lot of needs and a lot of ways to be of service without going to Africa. Um, so I always wanted to work in the States, in the city, doing something good and wound up being a social worker. Um, So I worked with children and families for my whole career. I love doing that. And I I think now, even that I'm retired, I still love spending time like with my grandkids and being available when they need me. Um, So I think my motivation has always been, if you're a person of faith, your job is to serve. That Christ was a servant um, if you are a follower, you're also a servant. Um, how are you involved in service and in our community? And how does your faith motivate and empower you to do that service? Okay. And can yep. you say your name? Forgive tell, me. Oh, tell who you okay. Are. Yeah, Phil Loat. Sounds like boat. Don't say ship. Uh, and uh, that's German. So, and uh, and been a member here like way back long ago and came back again. So it's a great place, great church. Okay, um, being active in the community or, or service or serving, I've um, basically started out as a kid. I enjoy it. I've been very active at the university where I t- uh, went to school. I'm still active there on the board of directors for housing and for student services. I was an alumni president. Uh, my distinction was I graduated next to last in my graduating class and ended up being alumni president, but service and, and did a lot of act, uh, service there. But other things like Big Brothers, uh, a lot of community people that I worked for. But the term deacon and deaconess, I, I always thought that was people come around and knock on your doors. Uh, so it, well done, Daryl. And it sounds like after studying diaconia for a few weeks, in retrospect, you're looking back at your career saying, my career was an expression of my faith. Oh, there was no question that my career was an expression of my faith. I think what I missed maybe was that community 
along the way to put that in perspective as I went because um, I mean it was a job and and I was a person of faith but I don't know that I melded them together the way um, a deaconess would in the way it's structured with with the support and background and sounding board that that system would have provided. What Pat was referring to is we've learned about the order of deaconess and home missionaries, which are lay persons who are consecrated in the United Methodist Church for a lifetime of love, justice, and service. Deaconesses and home missionaries serve in various capacities and helping professions, such as social work, um, chaplaincy, um, not-for-profits, and teaching. And they carry out their work as an expression of their faith. And the Deaconess and Home Missioner community provides support and accountability to for people to grow in their faith as they are um, serving people in their community. So tell us, uh, introduce yourself, and then tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of service you've been involved in and how your faith motivates you in that. Um, so I'm Roz Bontrager, and um, I am now a registered nurse, which is something that I came to later in my life, about 10 years ago. When I was 50, I became uh, past my boards. And I come from also a, a conservative Mennonite background and have always wanted uh, my life being an expression. Um, of course, I coming from that background, one does this pendulum swing as you sort of open up to your worldview. And um, more recently, I've come back to a more centered view and finding what I need a lot is that community. Because when you're just out there on your own, there's nobody to lift you up when you're sort of in this circular mode of thinking. And I feel very blessed that uh, I was invited to, to come to this church and sort of tripped into this class. Um, this is the second class that I've been in and was really meaningful to me because um, I'm now a registered nurse that works in the inpatient center um, for hospice and community care. And so your description of the deaconess absolutely resonates with me. And while we have supports in place, to have a community that would be account that you would be accountable to, that's that's the piece I think that would be most meaningful to me. So it really piqued my interest. Um, there are some parts of the class that sort of were flashbacky, but it was a history lesson, so that's okay. So please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the service you've participated in and um, how you understand this to be an expression of your faith. I'm Sarah Mitchell, and uh, I was brought up in the Christian church my mother was a organist at the Presbyterian Church where I grew up and the Methodist Church which needed an organist 
and she also uh, did the Catholic Church on Saturdays and at the six o'clock mass. So um, you were well church. <laughs> I didn't go to all those, thank goodness. But uh, but she definitely. We grew up in the church. There just wasn't any other way. And service is what we do as a family. We do things for others. Um, I was telling Jim that a work party for the Mitchell family is is really that. It's a party with, with work involved. So I think service has always been something that, that I've done. I'm here with Jason Burgess. So would you like to share an example of um, when you participated in a service project, service trip, or volunteer work, and uh, how your faith has motivated you to do so. Well, I'm I'm going to be going on a uh, mission trip here at the end of the month, which is one that I did 20, 25 years ago originally. Um, and at that time, they did the mission trip uh, because of Hurricane Mitch that had gone through Honduras and Central um, or Latin America. And, uh, you know, that was devastating thing. So they were building um, shelters or, but I remember one of the trips that we went on, because I went on two back then, uh, we were going to build these adobe structures for some uh, Mayan natives who lived deep in the um, sort of wilderness there. I remember there's no no electric light or anything that you could see and we were on top of a mountain so um, <clears throat> but I remember the the indigenous people there they lived in these very they were really interesting to me these sort of ground homes that were carved out of the um, landscape and thinking oh I would love to live this way while we're building these these square, you know, hundred square foot little buildings. Um, and you just kind of knew that these people really didn't care about these buildings that we were making for them. It, it wasn't a necessity for them. It was uh, sort of like what we were talking about in the class where people were just coming out and, and providing a mission without any connection to them. What's interesting about the class that you have brought to us is what is my motivation? And I get a, a lot of satisfaction from doing things for people, having gone on different mission trips and and uh, helping others less fortunate. Even in my work, sometimes I feel like I'm called someplace where they need to see another perspective of Christianity. So it's I don't know always what my motivation is, but sometimes there are, there are, I think you should do this in my head. Tell us about the mission trip coming up. So um, on those mission trips ago, uh, they, they also, they started doing some work for um, children's home and um, the women who were, um, who set this mission trip in together and continued to go back, built a relationship with this children's home and then they continued to um to return and over the years built an organization um called friends of rancier uh, where they helped provide these children with the uh, scholarships as as they grew up and sort of gave them more opportunity 
to become part of their community, to get an education, to be active members in society. No longer were they building buildings or anything. They were just coming back to be, you know, sort of 10 days of fun for these kids who were stuck in, you know, in a children's home for whatever reason, whether they were orphaned or their parents had been imprisoned or like what I will be doing this time is coming back. One, I'll be going back to help the kids who were there last summer when they went and they took a bunch of pictures of, um, we're going to bring them the pictures that, that we took and then they hand them all out and then they all get to make photo books of themselves because they don't have this sort of opportunity to be where they're with families having their photos taken and things. So they're going to have these mementos that they keep for themselves. Uh, those are like the missions for this trip. But uh, when I just sent an email out to somebody and I was saying, you know, I don't have any expectations. I don't, for one, I don't know what they need me to do there. Well, like the question you asked, why did you why do you do it? I, I feel good. I feel a sense of uh, fulfilling a purpose. I think when it feels like God pushing me to do it is when it's hard. And when I see someone, that's when it would be easy to say, here's a cup of coffee. Uh, but I think, I think when you actually look somebody in the eye when I when I don't want to, mm -hmm. when I don't know what's going to happen, when I engage in this per with this mm -hmm. person, what's going to happen? That's that's probably when I feel pushed to do that. There's something here where you're needed and can be and can be of service. It's it's kind of my mission to discover it, you know, to find out where I might have a connection and how maybe in the future I'll be able to. Um, bring something that's meaningful to this group of kids who are needing something meaningful, you know? I think that's a really healthy um, perspective to take is to, to go with a sense of discovery and humility and curiosity to find out what does God need you to do? What does that community need you to do? And how can you continue to build upon those relationships that have been established. Sure. Um, I know something I'm thinking, I'm like, uh, you know, this community that I live in right now is very receptive to uh, refugees or people struggling, you know, outside of our borders or whatnot. And I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, this might be a great connection to kids there to maybe have an opportunity to um, maybe get involved here in something that, um, I don't know, helps them to have a wider perspective on their life, I guess. What's very interesting to me is how you described 20 years ago, this mission began as we here in the U.S. have money and materials and there's a <clears throat> community that we can build houses for. Mm -hmm. And it was, seemed like a one-way type of service provision but what developed over time is a relationship between people in the community and uh, both communities have kept in touch and supported each other, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, and, very much so. Um, went to visit. It may be that your most important role there is to be present. Mm -hmm. 
it makes it easy for me to um, just think that that's all I have to do is be present too. But um, I agree with you that that presence is really all that matters. Um, if you if you are sturdy in your faith and um, are attempting to do good works, um, whatever moment you're in um, is a perfect time for that to happen. So <laughs> you don't have to pre-plan pre anything out necessarily. <laughs> you talked about, well, that would be easy just to be present. Mm -hmm. That can be some of the most difficult and meaningful work that we do is mm -hmm. to be present. Sometimes we busy ourselves so that we're distracted enough not to be present. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we keep, we remain active so that we don't slow down enough to notice where God is acting. And so to be present, to fully explore um, what these relationships can mm -hmm. look like, where God is nudging us one way or another, that's profound work. And I, I, I send you um, with my prayers to uh, represent this community and to, to do that good. We are all children of God. Yes. Yes. And I think for me, I'm not such a good speaker when it comes to memorized Bible verses or, uh, you know, coming up with some moral to, of a story to tell. So it's easier for me to be the hands and feet of Christ as opposed to the mouthpiece. I'm sure that your actions speak much louder than words. <laughs> well, it is, you don't know really. Because when you show respect for another person, you're showing that God loves each and every one of us, no matter who we are and what we've been through. Can you share an example um, when you've seen God at work during your ministry as a nurse? Oh, there's so many examples. Um, there's these little coincidences that happen that I just always feel are just their their God moments. Um, well, here's one that's recent. This story I feel is so God at work that I feel compelled to say it and I would hope that the family would forgive me for sharing it because it's their story but it it my jaw just dropped um, so there's a there's a grandma that's passing away in um, the inpatient center and her family is robust in their support um, large family all present with her and really fellowshipping and uplifting each other through that even though they come from they're very different in their faiths but the day that their their grandmother passed it hadn't rained for a week and um one of her daughters was holding her hand and noticed and they shared this with me but i was also witness to part of this story so her daughter was holding her hand and noticed that her mom's face color had changed, but also at the same time, she had just stepped outside and noticed that the clouds were gathering and it was very dark, 
and it was like right over her grandma's bed like just straight up and sort of seeing this sort of circular storm gathering and then it was moments I don't know like time was sort of in this uh, you lose track of time but it was it was shortly thereafter that she took her last breath and one of her granddaughters opened up those French doors and just sort of started wailing and said you know um, goodbye Mm. goodbye grandma fly fly Mm. with with your she named some family members and just she just stood with her arms open on the back porch and just sobbed and then it started raining and it just poured and it poured and it poured and it poured and I sobbed I was in a hall but I just sort of like dove in and I into the little hidey hole that us nurses use and I felt like the rain was grandma's tears Mm. and I cried and I knew that the family was all crying. You could hear them. And when the rain stopped, you could hear the family had stopped. And the next time I popped in to see how they were doing, they were laughing mm. and celebrating. And I, and I, one of the nurses had asked about it and they said, this is what she would have wanted us to do. So it was like this. That's, that's a God moment in a big way. It's like orchestrated. Um, it, it, wow, what what a just, blessing to have been present and to participate in that God moment. I'm reminded of the the song when in our music, God is glorified. And it one of the verses ends, all creation cries Alleluia. Thank you, Roz, for sharing. So what perspective of Christianity do you bring? I I believe that everyone is loved. Absolutely everyone is loved. And in order to feel loved, you have to feel respected too. So when I speak with people, I come from that. Everyone puts their shoes on one at a time. Each of us is a is a child of someone and many of us have children of our own. And the stories on the surface are are never that accurate. So trying to meet people where they're at, and if they're at a low place, I want to acknowledge that and somehow provide a sense of comfort to them. Thank you, Sarah. You are welcome. It really is about a commu- building a community and a relationship with somebody. Um, everybody is in need, so um, including even, ourselves. Yes, my motivation from this class was I mentioned it today. Um, Christ's last mandate was um, lo- love one another, and that 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 is service to just about every. You, if you love people, they usually end up in turn loving people as well because. To be to love, you got to be loved, in my opinion. Thanks, Phil. You're welcome, Jason. Thank you. I had to develop my daily practice 
of gratitude and just meditation to set my intention every day and to find something to be grateful for at the end of every day. I appreciated that the class had so much depth and perspective and the group itself is so diverse and rich in life experiences. I, I feel very blessed to have been a part of that. Well, thank you, Roz. It has been an honor and a, a pleasure to teach about the diaconate of all believers at Audubon UMC. glad you were with us today and I hope you'll tune in again as we listen to one another.